0: Good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. We are reading in the book of Romans. Last time we read chapter 14. And in the end of chapter 14, Paul is basically um, encouraging us to not cause each other to stumble and to not pass judgment on each other and to remember that you know, if we're doing something that we have doubts about or that we feel is sinful, then we shouldn't be doing that. However, if you feel like you're free in Christ to uh, partake of something such as pork or bacon or whatever, then then for you that's okay, but maybe not do that in a way that would cause others to stumble or, or offend others. So here in uh, chapter 15, Paul is going to start And he's going to start talking about, he's going to continue talking about this in a way in that he's going to talk about the strong in faith. Previously he was kind of talking about, not not specifically and totally, but at least partly talking about the weaker in faith. So now he's going to talk about the responsibility of the strong in faith. And this is again Romans chapter 15 we who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. This goes with what he had just said previously in chapter 14 that we should not eat something that others would consider offensive. Okay? So we should bear with the failings of the weak and not please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. You know, As much as possible, keep things safe and supportive, not divisive and not, you know, not try to create problems for your brother or your sister. For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now here again, just like Jesus had prayed for us to have harmony together, Paul is encouraging us To live in harmony with one another, with other Christians. Now, we know that other Christians, some Christians know more than others, and some will have slightly differing beliefs due to, like, the food laws or any number of other reasons. Okay? And remember that some of these errant teachings have been going on. For decades, maybe even centuries, some wrong teachings have occurred. So it's okay to try to instruct people better, but if they believe that that teaching holds and that that is what they should follow, then they're still going to follow it. But as long as they're following Jesus and it does not conflict with following Jesus, you know, it's a secondary thing. Like the food law stuff is secondary, not really important then we can continue with them. We can continue on down the narrow path with them, understanding that they have this limitation that they have put on themselves. Or maybe that they just did not understand or they've misunderstood. Um, That way, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. See, again, I think this is one reason we should totally ignore all the um, denominational stuff, and we should all just be Christians and don't have any clubhouse style of view or thought. Um, It's not that everyone in in a denomination is um, not a Christian. It's just that... um, The the little clubhouse idea of a denomination kind of, you know, it kind of creates divisions and separations and we don't want that. But the only way to break down those walls is to start getting together anyway. And just say that doesn't matter. Now, I'm not saying get together with people who aren't even Christians. I'm just saying, you know. Well, though, of course, we should. We should also meet with people who are not Christians. How else are we going to teach them or show them anything different? But um, you know, I'm speaking specifically of this example here that uh, you know we should be able to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Therefore welcome one another, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and the Father the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So you know we need to live in harmony with one another. And I think by and large Christians can do that. We just need to kind of eliminate that like I said, that clubhouse type of rule and style. Uh, that's more of a just man's tradition thing. Anyway, I'm going to move on. And not harp on that, but uh, we need to follow, you know, the example of Christ and not worry about those other things. For I tell you that Christ became a servant to the circumcised to show God's truthfulness in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy as it is written. Therefore, I will praise you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. And again it is said, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the peoples extol him. And again, Isaiah says, The root of Jesse will come, even he who arises to rule the Gentiles. In him will the Gentiles hope. Pardon me for my poor pronunciation. May the God of hope... Fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. So Paul is we're getting we're getting to the end of the letter here. And Paul is turning, he's given this example of how you know he's encouraging them to stay in harmony and and in accord with one another. and then he's reminding them of the hope of the Jews and the Gentiles how Jesus is both <clears throat> so he's trying to make sure they you know stay in harmony with one another and that they try not to offend one another and you know may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope now he's turning the letter back to a more personal viewpoint and talking about his plans. So just understand that that's where we're hitting a change in what's going on here. He's kind of, he's ended a lot of his instructions, not totally, but he's ended a lot of his instruction and he's moving on. Okay, so I myself am satisfied about you, my brothers, that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge and able to instruct one another. But on some points I have written to you very boldly, by way of reminder, because of the grace given me by God, to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles in the priestly service of the gospel of God, so that the offering of the Gentiles may be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. In Christ Jesus, then, I have reason to be proud of my work for God. For I will not venture to speak anything except what Christ has accomplished through me to bring the Gentiles to obedience, by word and deed, by the power of signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and all the way around to Illyricum, I have fulfilled the ministry of the gospel of Christ. And thus I make it my ambition to preach the gospel not where Christ has already been named, lest I lest I build on someone else's foundation, but as it is written, those who have never been told of him will see, and those who have never heard will understand. So Paul is wanting not to just preach where um, Jesus has already been preached, where someone has already laid a foundation, but he wants to go to places where they've not heard of Jesus and, and teach of him there and notice he says you know in Christ Jesus I have reason to be proud of my work for God but I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me so he's given the glory to God and to Jesus for what he has done because he knows it is only through Jesus and God that he was able to do those things He also tells them that he's satisfied with them, that they are full of knowledge and goodness and able to instruct one another. But on some points, I have written to you very boldly by way of reminder. So he's just trying to remind them of some things, and that's some of the things we talked about as we went through these, uh, these previous chapters. These were things that he wanted to remind them of, so that they would know that they were under the law of liberty, but at the same time, you know, they should not be judgmental towards one another or condemn one another or um, cause uh, stumbling blocks for each other. All right. <clears throat> so, we're going to continue on. This is the reason why I have so often been hindered from coming to you. Now, what's he referring to? He's referring to right above where he said he wanted to preach the gospel where Christ has already not been preached. So it has slowed him down to getting there because he keeps wanting to go to new places. And see, somebody's already been here. There's already a foundation in Rome. But now, since I no longer have any room for work in these regions, and since I have longed for many years to come to you, I hope to see you in passing as I go to Spain and to be helped on my journey there by you once I have enjoyed your company for a while. At present, however, I am going to Jerusalem bringing aid to the saints. So he's taking aid to the saints in Jerusalem, which we know that there was collections made for them because they had, um, they had issues. They had, uh, was it a drought or a famine? They had a, they had a rough time. I don't remember the exact details at this moment. Um, so he was taking aid to the saints there. And notice he was hoping to go to Spain. I don't think Paul ever got to go to Spain. I think I think in Rome he ended up, you know, under house arrest and then I don't remember. I need to look at the history and see. I don't remember if if the Romans actually put him to death. He was a Roman citizen and I didn't think that would happen. But you know, I'm going to check on that and I'll try to tell you that when we do our summary of Romans. I'll try to tell you. How that ended out, as best we know. Now, you know, you have to understand sometimes history is as best we can tell and glean from the documents we have. Sometimes history is not an exact science. I know they, they want to say it is, and a lot of times I think we do very good, but when you're talking of thousands of years ago, we're just doing the best we can based on what has been what has come down through the centuries. For Macedonia and Achaia, where's that? Achaia. Oh, I don't know. Achaia? Well, I'm in verse 26, so you'll have to bear with me on these pronunciations. For Macedonia and Achaia have been pleased to make some contribution for the poor among the saints at Jerusalem. So see, these folks have, have sent a donation to help them. They were pleased to do it, and indeed they owe it to them. For if the Gentiles have come to share in their spiritual blessings, they ought also to be of service to them in material blessings. And that's, I think that's another reason. This is It's so funny that Paul states this this way, but I think this is clearly why we, in the U.S., we tend to support Israel. We feel, as Christians, that we should support them, that they are you know, they were the original root base of the tree that we are grafted into, you know, of the family of God. When therefore I have completed this and have delivered to them what has been collected, let's see, um, I will leave for Spain by way of you. I know that when I come to you, I will come in the fullness of the blessing of Christ. Now, this is not the total end of the letter. This is the end of chapter 15, but it is. He's kind of ending. You know, he's told them of his plans, and he's hoping to come there, and he appeals to them um, to strive together with me in your prayers. In other words, try to remember me and keep me in your prayers. Pray for me that I may be delivered from the unbelievers in Judea and that my service for Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints. So that by God's will I may come to you with joy and be refreshed in your company. So he's asking them for their prayers which we should all pray for one another. This is this is a good thing. Um and that, you know, that is really the end of chapter 15. So chapter 15 is kind of It's kind of an ending. I I really think part of this at the beginning probably should have been included with chapter 14 instead. Because it's talking about... It's continuing on with that train of thought and talking about how the strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of of the weak. And not to please themselves. And so that really... That really kind of goes with his previous thoughts in chapter fourteen. So this is one of those times where the chapter break is not the best. Um, and then he, you know, he also gives a, a quick um, a quick mention here of how um, Christ came as a servant to the circumcised, and then you know also. Um, to show God's truthfulness, in order to confirm the promises to the patriarchs, and also that the Gentiles might glorify God for His mercy for grafting us in and bringing us in, so that He was the hope of the Jews and the Gentiles. So He has that quick little—it's um, kind of a summary there—that that you know, Jesus was a servant, and and He came and did this for all of us. For the He's the hope, basically basically of the Jews and the Gentiles because we hope in him. And then um, he mentions that he is basically uh, a minister to the Gentiles, Paul does. And that he is, um, because of the grace given me by God, to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles. And then he says he will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through him. And how he is trying to preach in places where Christ has not been preached. And then how that's delayed him from getting to Rome, but how now he plans to come to Rome. And that's basically 15. We're getting to the end. we got one more chapter and we're going to end Romans. And I'm really going to have to take some time and do a decent summary. So I hope you'll bear with me on that. But for right now, this is the end of uh, Romans chapter 15. And I just knocked my, my mic and everything around. Pardon me. But I uh, thank you for listening. I hope you have a wonderful day. Remember to stay safe. I know these are trying times of their own. Definitely stay safe. Remember, we have Jesus and God, the God of hope. And that... Uh, Jesus already has the victory for us, so we'll be alright regardless. And uh, also remember that God loves you.